Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to EEI Late Night with Mark Dondero on EEI. All right, back here on WEI Late Night, 617-779-7937. You want to chime in on the Celtics and that disgusting effort tonight? Uh, the Patriots, all of the above. I don't care what you want to talk about. Really, you can give us a call. Um, so this hit me tonight. Okay, hit me late in the day today, and when I thought of it, I couldn't believe it. But we've been talking about the Patriots. We've we've yearned for them to open up the offense, let Mac throw it. He looks capable. They want to run it. They continue to run it. They have a good defense. And as much as I've wanted to see them maybe throw it a little bit more and be a little bit a little bit more aggressive through the air early in games, they haven't done it. They continue to run the ball, and they continue to try to play good defense and win that way. And do you know what team the New England Patriots want to be? They want to be the 2009 New York Jets with Rex Ryan as head coach. I could not believe it when that dawned on me earlier today. But that is who they want to to be okay they have the rookie quarterback like Mark Sanchez they have a good defense not as good as the Jets that year and they have an offense that you know runs the ball that is the 2009 New York Jets that made the AFC championship game okay their coach as I just said Belichick needs to be the guy that wins some of these games their coach won some games for them that year Rex Ryan Great defensive game plan, aggressive, you know, hair-on-fire type defense. They beat the Patriots in week two. They won some games. They were 9-7. and seven. They ended up going on a run during the playoffs. Made the AFC title game. But they were ground and pound, and they were defense. And Sanchez threw it on his terms when he could. That, to this point this season, is everything the New England Patriots want to be. The 2009 New York Jets. And I don't know where that leaves us. I, I mean, am I supposed – that's why I guess I've been rooting against that because I know that formula only takes you so far because, newsflash, the Patriots, they're not even as good playing that style as the 2009 Jets. They're not. The records are going to be similar. But that Jets team, they had Dar- they had Darrell Revis. They ended up having, you know, Braylon Edwards. I think they traded for Braylon Edwards that season. Jericho Cotri was productive. They had a better team. That offensive line was awesome. Nick Mangold, DeBrickashaw Ferguson. Forget if Alan Fanica was still on that team. They had a great offensive line. Damian Woody. 
I mean, they had not the best playmakers, but enough, more than the Patriots have offensively when you consider the line. Patriots have a good line, so similar there. Not as good as that Jets line, I don't believe. But they had a good line. And they had a defense that carried them. An elite cornerback that was, yo, emerging, becoming one of the best in the league, J.C. Jackson. Darrell Reeves obviously better than J.C. Jackson, but similarities there. Based on what I've seen the Patriots do this year, that is what they want to be. They want to be the Jets team, and I just don't think they can go as far as you want them to go by playing that type of football. That is why I'm trying to not have Mac Jones be Mark Sanchez. Now, I think Mac Jones is better than Mark Sanchez, so that's another reason why I want him to try to do more than Mark Sanchez did in those years with the Jets. And I know they came in here and beat you in the division round the next year because they had similar success the following year. Still couldn't get past the AFC Championship game. But I don't think the Patriots are going to win anything of, of note trying to be that New York Jets team because they're not even as good at being that Jets team as that Jets team was. That's why... I want them to try to look a little bit more like the Patriots, the team that won six Super Bowls with Tom Brady. I know they can't do that because Tom Brady's not here, but they can try to approximate, you know, some of the offensive philosophies that they use with Brady Allah throwing the ball a little bit more. Hurry up offense, being aggressive, trying to go turbo, trying to just be a team that is able to complete passes beyond 15 yards on a regular basis. Let's talk to David in North Providence about the Pats defense. David, good evening. How are you? Well, I got to get this off my chest Do because it. I've been following. I've been following this team a long time. What I saw Sunday, I want you to agree or disagree. They had Diedrich Wise out on COVID. They didn't have a guy to replace him. All they did the whole most of the game was they played Guy and Barrymore in the middle, a two-line defense with four to five linebackers. I was stunned. Like, in other words, how can you play a game without three linemen? How? I know you want to go on uh, speed with the linebackers, and they hardly even play Hightower in the second half. Like, I was stunned. You mean to tell me you don't have a guy on that bench that can take the defensive end spot of Diedrich Wise? I couldn't believe it. How do you play two linemen in a game? you got to play three linemen and four linebackers. I want to get your opinion on that. Well, thanks for the call, David. Look, I think part of the reason they did that, and this is just an assumption on my part, I don't think they wanted Josh Allen going crazy running the ball, so they were trying to formulate a controlled rush that could keep him in the pocket and not let him run wild. I think they thought that was part of the Bills' game plan. Um, you know, here's another question just going off of what David brought up. And I thought of this actually yesterday because I'm pretty sure he just got popped and put on the COVID list. Josh Uche. Wasn't Josh Uche supposed to be a promising young talent that was that was supposed to emerge this year as a real force defensively? Now, I know Matt Judon has had a big year and had a big early start to the year especially. Hasn't been as dominant lately, but a big early part of the year. Wh- what happened to Josh Uche? Now, I know that Chase Winovich fell out of favor, but Uche was supposed to be the next guy up, the next, you know, guy you could really rely on. I was I was expecting Trey Flowers, honestly, eventually. Where's he been? 
I don't know why they didn't play more defensive linemen. I mean, I'm I'm assuming they had a reason, and I think it was to try to keep Josh Allen contained. The problem was everything you tried didn't work. He was too good the other day. And let's and the other thing, the Patriots coaches did not do a good job adjusting to what was going on. Because, like I said, Isaiah McKenzie ripped them apart. And when you had third and ten, I know he's not the marquee name you'd think of going into the game. But you had third and ten in the third quarter. It was early fourth, late third. You had to have the stop. You got it to a one-possession game. You had a chance to really seize momentum, take the lead after you'd played really poorly. And before we're all saying before the play, hey, don't let McKenzie beat you. At least I was. And what happened? He gets the, on third and 10, Miles Bryant in a trailing technique, can't stay with him, first down, no problem. Because, you know, that's bad bad coaching. You know, and I'm not going to crush Miles Bryant. You know, he's had a decent year, not the other day. But, you know, this is a guy that was doing everything he could and he just couldn't do enough. Bryant was not staying with McKenzie. He was getting ripped apart all day long, and you had to have known that by the third quarter going into the fourth with the game on the line. I mean, it's just you you have to know that, and they didn't. So that's a problem. You know, the offense has had really good days, and then some days where you're just like, was it real? Good days against the Browns, good days against the Titans. You know, Mac Jones had some good days, and those were real. But now it's getting real in terms of late in the season, biggest games, teams with the best defenses, especially as you go into the playoffs, obviously, and they need to find a way to be productive in those games. And teams know what you are, and they know what you aren't. And you've got to find a way to reverse that course. You know, they think they know what you aren't. You better figure out a way to prove them wrong. Let's talk to Tyler in Mansfield. Tyler, good evening. Tyler, you there? Hold on. Hey. There he is. Tyler, how are you? Hey, how are you? What's going on, man? So I had a quick question for you. Yeah. So do you think Damian Harris is a top 10 running back in the NFL? Not I mean, yet. right now he's currently ninth in rushing, third in touchdowns. I mean, I'll let you discuss it. He's not much of a receiving back, but I'll let you discuss it. Get off the line. All right, thanks. Um, not yet. I mean, he's right there. You could make the argument. Uh, like you said, he's not much of a of a pass catcher. He's had some fumbling issues more early in the year. Um, he's trending that way. I love his game. I think you could make the argument. I don't know if I'd put him top 10 yet, though. Even though I will say this, Cordero Patterson is in the top 10 in terms of some of the, some of the statistical categories. He's better than Cordero Patterson. So um, he's awesome. And he's basically carried this team. Okay. And he's got a good work ethic. He wants to be out there. He cares. All those things, intangibles. Um, I'm almost talking myself into it because he has been a guy that you can put on, you know, he can put the team on his shoulders. And that's not saying, you know, that's saying something, especially for a running back who's in his, what, third year? But, I, you know, top 10, there's a lot of good backs out there. And 
Let's look at some of the, the stats. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the MVP probably. You know, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, some of those guys in the top. T- I don't know if I put him in that class. Derrick Henry, obviously. Ezekiel Elliott's still productive. You know, Harris, in terms of yards, he's ninth. I You could talk me into it. You could talk me in. If he's not in the top ten, he's right there. Okay? And if he has a bigger, you know, a big presence down the stretch here and wins a game for the Patriots that they absolutely have to have and then goes into the playoffs and balls out, oh, he'll be in the top ten for sure. At that point, he will be. So I'll say no at this point, but he's right there. He's probably 10, 11, not inside the top 10 quite yet. But it's getting it's getting close. I mean, Alvin Kamara, he hasn't had a big year this year, but I'd still, you know, based on what he's done, and what, I still think he probably is better. Um, but I love that kid's game, and he's gonna be the he's gonna be one of the guys that this team is going to have to rely on if they're gonna make any sort of noise, substantial noise in the playoffs. Because Mac Jones. Um, if he does start to have some success, that's only going to open it up for Damian Harris even more. Um, and he's going to be able to run the ball even more. That will open up the, you know, the defense will have to back off a little bit if they can throw the ball. Harris, I guess you can factor that in. He's had all the success, and they're not even, you know, being really able to throw the ball down the field all that much. Teams have known that he's going to run it, and he's been able to run it. It's great to see. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's going to be enough to take the Patriots to where they want to go. I don't think he's that good. You know, we're not talking that level. We're not talking, obviously, Derrick Henry, who's the best player on that team. We're not talking about, you know, Harris might be the best player on the Patriots, offensively at least. But he's not able to do, I don't think, what Derrick Henry can do for the Titans. Or what Jonathan Taylor can do for the Colts, obviously. Um... Give me a commercial break. I might talk myself into him being in the top 10. Because he's, you know, at times he's carried the New England Patriots. But it's still going to come down to coaching. It's going to come down to Jones. And it's going to come down to the defense. And that's what I'm concerned about. If they can get on schedule, then you have a guy like Harris to hand the ball to. Terrific. You're in a really good spot if that's the case. But until I see that happen, you know, we've seen that. Until I see that happen in a huge game, Damian Harris is just going to have to play a role, essentially. I don't think you can feature him and and go where you want to go. So let me ask you this question. What, What amounts to success for the Patriots? And what amounts, at this point, from where we're sitting, what amounts to a disappointment? Okay? Success, to me, based on where we are and what's happened this year, would be to win a playoff game. I don't think that's asking too much. I think that would be a nice cherry on top of the season. Speaking of winning a playoff game, Justin, do we have that Jeff Saturday sound? Let's let's play that Saturday sound if you can. Listen, a first-round knockout of, of Bill Belichick, to me, would be Shocking. I mean, so so Kansas City's probably going to get the buy, so they won't be. So they would match up with maybe the Titans, the Colts, um, the Bengals. Like as you're looking at these teams, 
I, they could play with any or, or all of those teams, and they have, right? I mean, they've shown that they can – they beat the Bills one time. They played a, a, a very tight game against Indy that required a block pun and, and some other things for Indy to get that victory. So, as I'm looking at this, the moment will not overwhelm them. So, that, that's just a horrible take. He's absolutely wrong. He, he, ju- he literally just said after saying that it would be shocking if the Patriots lost the first-round game, he goes, they can play with all those teams. Does that sound like a team that is absolutely unequivocally ready to beat one of those teams in a playoff matchup? No, he's wrong. It would not at all be shocking if the Patriots went one and done. Not at all. So that goes to what I'm saying is it would be a success if you win one playoff game. You don't have to go on a long run for this season to be a success. It'd be a success if you win one playoff game. You know, I think it's a success if you make the playoffs. You could argue that's a success. Um, But it'd definitely be a success if you win a playoff game. Announce your presence. Remind everyone who you are. Get back into the dance, into the tournament, and win the game. Okay, a disappointment would be if you don't make the playoffs. That's one way for this season to end in disappointment. You know another way? By never opening it up and trying to do something different than what you're doing offensively and changing sort of what you've been. By not doing that, that would represent a disappointment as well, especially if you don't win a playoff game. If you just do what you've been doing, find a way in because you beat Jacksonville, you lose to Miami, let's say that happens, and you get into the playoffs and you just do what you've been doing and lose that game, that's a disappointment to me. You've got to show that, you can, that you're willing to be a little bit more aggressive through the air and to win through the air and to do some of the things that you need to do to win playoff games. Bill Belichick knows what you need to do. You know, we know what needs to be done because we've watched so many playoff games. If they're not able to change it up and expand and evolve at this juncture in the season and just go into the playoffs and try to play New York Jet 2009 football ground and pound good defense and lose and go one and done, that's a disappointment. I don't care that they made the playoffs. That's a disappointment. It's not good enough to not try to open it up and win a playoff game. You know, unless you're, it's just a, an avalanche of Patriots success early in a game and you just, you know, the team is just beating themselves that you're playing. They continue to beat themselves and you go up 24 nothing, and you barely have to even, you know, dip into your game plan because it got so f- out of hand so fast. You know, I'm thinking of the, the game a couple years ago when the Texans played the Chiefs and it was 24 nothing Texans and they could, you know, they were completely on their own terms. They ended up losing. But if you get into a game where it just goes sideways for the opponent so fast and you can get out to a lead, fumble, kickoff, you get a big lead, then you can play the game that you want to play this ground and pound, run the ball, control the tempo, all that. Any other normal playoff game, though, you've got to open it up. You've got to expand what you're doing, and you can't just rely on Damian Harris whether or not he's a top 10 back in the league. Because if he is top 10, if he is top 10, he's not good enough for him to be the guy that you want to put your hopes and dreams in his arms. He's not that good. He's good. He's real good. Not that good. Not the guy I want, you know, all of the marbles, you know, everything that we've got relying on his play. He's not that good. If you're the Colts, you can be that guy. You can be that team. If you're the Titans, obviously you've been that team. 
Harris isn't that good. And obviously a disaster for the Patriots, and thankfully we're not going to have to deal with this. Just if you're classifying different things, a disaster would have been going below 500 for Bill Belichick. That would have been a disaster. And I actually want to correct something I said with Brian Barrett last week. I said a disaster would have been not making the playoffs. I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. So I apologize, Brian, wherever you are. I, a disaster would have been being below 500. Not making the playoffs, disappointment. Oh, yeah. But not a disaster. Disaster below 500 because with all the moves you made and the promise of the quarterback, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, coming off of a season last year where you were 7-9 and nine and Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, disaster had you gone below 500. But that's not a problem, so we don't have to talk about that. Win, win a playoff game, success. If you don't win a playoff game, you better at least do what you need to do to try to win it. And that means throwing the ball and not just relying on a ground-and-pound defensive style. You've got to do more than that to beat good teams. Now, you can figure out what the matchup will be, and that will obviously come into play. You play Mahomes. You want to keep them, you know, keep him off the field. I understand that. Running the ball factors in, but you're not going to just beat Mahomes by running the ball. you got to throw it. you got to score. you got to put up some points, and you got to light up the scoreboard. Um, let's get it trending. When we get back, well, actually, I'm going to just tell you. So I every now and then I play some video games with Bill Belichick. Uh, more on that when we get back. Let's get it trending. This is WEI Late Night. The exclusive home of Red Sox baseball. Now here's what's trending on WEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Celtics lost their third straight game tonight as they fell to the Clippers 91-82. to The Celtics shot just four, from four, 4 of 42 from three, and they put up just 82 points on 101 shots. The Celtics are now... 16-19 and 19 on the season and have a date with the reigning Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns coming up this Friday at 1 p.m. Ramondre Stevenson returned to practice today after being on the COVID reserve list, but the Patriots were still without Nelson Aguilar as he remains in concussion protocol, and they were also without Matt Judon, Jawan Bentley, Brian Hoyer, Brandon King, and Josh Uche as they remain in COVID protocol. The Jaguars have placed Cam Robbins and Jaden Mickens and Dylan Morris in the COVID list. That is now 16 Jaguars on the list before Sunday's game against the Patriots. Both the NBA and the NHL have adopted the new CDC guidelines that will lessen the quarantine period for players and coaches from 10 days to 5 days. This includes asymptomatic, unvaccinated players. And finally, Aaron Rodgers told the media at his press conference today that he is not ruling out the possibility of retiring after the 2021 season. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to EEI Late Night with Mark Dondero on EEI. But I also got to pay attention to the past two weeks that we've seen this team. Sure. When Mac Jones has had to kind of ascend, he's thrown two interceptions. All right, in each one of those games. So I'm 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 cool. If you telling me that the New England Patriots are gonna be able to go to the playoffs, they're gonna be able to run the football as successfully as they have, and Mac Jones will have that pressure taken off of him, and he just has to make a couple throws throughout the game, cool. If we yeah. stand in that vein, but I just don't think you stay in that vein in the playoffs. I, I believe it's very hard for you not to have to ask your quarterback to at times for large parts of the game to be the guy. And I'm not sure that Mac is, is there just yet, especially facing the guys that he may have to face. All right, back here on WEI Late Night. That was Marcus Spears on ESPN. I'm not sure what show, uh, but that is a great take. He is exactly right. I, maybe that was get up. He is exactly right. Okay. The headline from that take right there. It's hard in the playoffs to not ask your quarterback to be the guy. That's correct. Your quarterback needs to be the guy. Ultimately, he needs to be the guy. And I, I just don't think running and this and that, running like that isn't going isn't gonna to take you all the way. As proficient as the Patriots have been at times, they've got a good back and a good offensive line, and they play good deep. It's just not enough. And I think they need Mac to do more. They need to prepare him to do more. And that starts in practice. They need to prepare him to be more for them. Early in the game, late in the game, with the routes, with the style, with the different types of plays they can call. They need Mac to be more productive throwing the ball. It begins and ends there. Um, but, you know, this is a stressful time. And, it, you know, the biggest games are coming up. So sometimes to take a load off, 
Bill Belichick likes to, you know, we get together and we play some video games. And actually, somebody asked him today um, at the I think it was Mike Reese. He asked him, um, and he, I don't know why he he didn't really come out and, and flat out ask, but eventually he got to it. And the question basically was, Bill, do you play or have you played the Madden video game? This is what he said. Hey, Bill, what's up, baby? You want to play some Madden? No, not right now. What? You always want to play Madden. Maybe next week. All right. You feel like playing a little Mario Kart tonight? Absolutely. Oh, wait. We only have one controller. I don't really see that as a big obstacle, personally. Okay, you play first. I'll set you up. You want to be towed? Still a lot of things he can improve on. All right. What do you think of Luigi? Smart guy. Works hard. See how it comes together. Okay, let's go, Bill. Bill, win this race right now, baby. We're still in the building block stages. Oh, come on. You can't let green shells hit you. What are you going to do when they come at you with the heat-seeking ones? Right. Ooh, you got red shells, Bill. Use them. Use them now. Hit Z. Stupid thing. Turn, Bill. Turn the corner. Oh, how do you hit the wall there? It's not easy. I mean, that's, that's hard to do. Sometimes you go too fast and you have to back up. Sorry if you're offended by that. Oh, come on, you let Peach win? You suck at this game, Bill. That's just not the way I see it. Oh, no, you're awful. I thought it was a good competitive effort tonight. Yeah, sure, whatever you say, Bill. I'm out of here. Okay, all right, thanks. So that was Bill Belichick, and we get together every now and then, and we play some video games. In honor of Bill, though, the gamer, um, and saying today that he did, you know, he played Madden once upon a time a long time ago, and John Madden obviously having passed away, I wanted to play a little game of um, bigger deal, smaller deal. Something we started doing a little bit ago. And Bigger Deal, Smaller Deal tonight features John Madden. So, Justin, if we could start the game, what we're basically going to do is you're going to give me a name. You know, you throw a couple names together. You give me a name, and I'm going to tell you whether or not John Madden is a bigger deal or smaller deal than the name that you throw at me. Why don't you give me that first name? All right, let's start with Chris Berman. Bigger deal or smaller deal? John Madden's a bigger deal than Chris Berman. Chris Berman's a big deal but he has no background as a player or a coach in the NFL. And it'll be fun. You know, I shouldn't say it'll be fun. That'll be awful. That was an awful way of putting it. You know, Chris Berman will one day be memorialized in a similar way that John Madden is getting memorialized now. Hopefully that's a long ways away. I'm just saying John Madden, coach, won a Super Bowl, unbelievable broadcaster, the video game, the pop culture impact he made, bigger deal, John Madden over Chris Berman. What's the next name? Bill Parcells. John Madden is a bigger deal than Bill Parcells. I think that Bill Parcells, he won two, you know, Super Bowls, obviously, with the New York Giants, took the Patriots to the Super Bowl, coached the Jets. He was a great coach. But John Madden won a Super Bowl, and with the with the impact he made, broadcasting games, he's bigger than Bill Parcells. Next. Tough one here. Bill Belichick. John Madden's a bigger deal than Bill Belichick, and I'm going to tell you why. And this is no shock. I think it's Bill Belichick's personality that holds him back from being as universally liked as John Madden was. Obviously, Bill Belichick, in maybe NFL circles, maybe he's a bigger deal just in NFL football circles, but nationally, worldwide, whatever you want to say, I don't think he's as big a deal as John Madden because of all the visibility and the likeable, yeah, how likable he was. I think overall, 
John Madden, when you factor in women, grandmas, kids, John Madden's a bigger deal than Bill Belichick. I'm going to go bigger deal. Next. And this is someone like, uh, like John Madden that affects many people. Michael Jordan. Smaller deal. Smaller deal. That, that one's an easy one. Jordan, and you, I think they said it in the documentary, it was Jordan and it was John Madden essentially as pitchmen during the 90s. But Jordan. I mean, Jordan, I mean, you go into a classroom today, a middle school classroom, you will see, I've been in there, career, you know, you will see multiple kids wearing Michael Jordan paraphernalia now. Can you imagine, like, when I was in sixth grade in 1999, having multiple kids wearing Bobby Orr gear? You know, somebody from 25 years earlier or third, whatever it was. Jordan is a bigger deal than John Madden. Magic Johnson. I, I'm going to say bigger deal. Magic is a bigger deal. So John Madden, smaller deal than Magic Johnson. Magic still had that charisma. You know, he got into the TV, the entertainment industry. He was in the media for a while. He owned teams, not successfully. Uh, he did get LeBron to L.A. That was something that basically led to a Lakers championship. Um, but just the visibility over the years, the fight, he was a great, great player. John Madden didn't play. I'm going John Madden, smaller deal than Magic Johnson. Next. Larry Bird. Bigger deal. John Madden, I think, nationally. I think this one, obviously, up for debate. And this town, obviously, he's not a bigger deal. But nationally, I don't know. Larry Bird, great player executive coach. Awesome. But not much of a personality outside of the game. I don't know how likable he'd be outside of Boston, you know, just nationally. I think overall, John Madden, with all the commercials and everything, presence-wise, he's a bigger deal than Larry Bird. Wayne Gretzky. Oof. Mm. John Madden's probably a bigger deal, just because hockey's not as popular as football. Gretzky's a big deal, the great one. Um, you know, set all the records. He was in some movies. He did Mighty Ducks. But John Madden's probably a bigger deal than, uh, than Wayne Gretzky. Phil Jackson. Bigger deal. I... I Phil Jackson, personality. I think he had a bigger, better personality. Jackson has all the rings. He coached the greatest players of all time. I think he's a bigger deal than Phil Jackson just based on the versatility of greatness that John Madden uh, put out there and put on display and his personality. I think he's a bigger deal. Ken Griffey Jr. Tough one because of the video games. Griffey had those video games. He was liked by so many. Everybody liked Griffey. The problem is... It was basically one generation. So I'm going to say he's a bigger deal, John Madden, than Ken Griffey Jr. One generation, I guess it would be my generation, loved Ken Griffey Jr. And baseball, too, not as big. Back then, maybe it was, but now not as big. The video games back then were huge. Now, there's no Griffey video games like there's Madden. John Madden, bigger deal than Ken Griffey Jr. We have a couple more? Yes, someone, someone else that everyone likes, Shaq. John Madden's smaller deal than Shaq. Shaq is still very visible now. He's good in the media. was a great player. All the things off the court, shaq claws the commercials, Reebok, tearing down the backboard, dunking. You know, he was, other than Michael Jordan, he was the next big, you know, the big guy, the big name. You wanted his shoe. You wanted his poster. Shaq, even to this day, bigger deal than John Madden. We'll go two more here. Pat Riley. John Madden, bigger deal. Riley played. Riley you know, coach of the biggest name teams, Lakers, Knicks. He coached all those 80s Lakers teams that won the championship. He coached the Heat, coached Shaq. 
has that per, you know, has all the swag. But from a likability standpoint, I think John Madden's still a bigger deal, even though he didn't win the championships. It might be a little closer than I think, but I'm still going to go John Madden. If, if both of those guys walked into a room, I think more people would be excited to see John Madden. John Madden, bigger deal. And this one, a tough one around here, Derek Jeter. Ooh, that is a tough one. I, I'll say smaller deal. I, I'll say smaller deal just because... Jeter, he played in New York. He won the titles. He had all the girlfriends. So he sort of kind of, that was his like pop culture connection. He's in a couple commercials, not a lot. Still involved in the game. He had a pristine image. I'm going to go John Madden's smaller deal than Derek Jeter. And that is the end of smaller deal, bigger deal. I wonder this, though. I was thinking about this today during the Bill Belichick press conference. Obviously, he's talking about all good things to say about John Madden. No question. Um, but I'm wondering, and maybe this is a silly thing to think about, but I, I couldn't help but think, does does Bill Belichick or has he over the course of the last few days done a little bit of soul searching or, I don't know, just assessing his, his situation in terms of likability? You know, because he has over the years, and it's been very effective for him, but we know at the press conferences, very cantankerous, irritable, you know, and I know he's recently tried to turn over a new leaf or whatever. He was apologizing to the media last week. But overall, you look at how likable John Madden was, especially as a broadcaster. And if Bill Belichick ever wanted to do that, I mean, the damn guy won an Emmy. He was likable on the NFL 100 thing he did, laughing, yucking it up with Rich Eisen and whoever who was else was on. I don't even remember. But um, he was likable there. But overall, he's not a media guy. He's on camera when he's at a press conference, and he's not likable there in terms of nationally. You know, if you love the Patriots, you love Bill Belichick. But, you know, overall, I don't think he, you know, women and grandmas and kids gravitate towards Bill Belichick's personality like they did John Madden. I'm just wondering if if Bill takes a step back and looks at how Madden was viewed, big picture, if he says to himself, you know what? I don't want people everywhere to think I'm just some grumpy, um, you know, Grinch at the podium. I want to be a little bit like John Madden and be likable in that way, too. I just wonder if that thought crossed his mind as he did all this reflection on John Madden. Could we start with dessert? There we go. Where was that from? I need that bite. I believe that was actually on one of these shows. I think it was when he was on with Greg Hill. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I that's all. I And I'm not saying he should be that way. I'm not saying he's going to regret not being that way or I'm bitter because he, he's body slammed me at a press. I'm not saying any of those things. What he has done and his philosophy has worked. I'm just wondering if when looking back at John Madden's life and legacy, if that's something he's thought about and if that sort of, I don't know, motivates him to as he gets down the, you know, down to his final years as a coach, whether that's three, five, whatever it is, if he would like to one day put himself on a platform in a situation where people could say, you know what, I like Bill Belichick. And I know he did that, like I said, with the NFL 100 thing. But John Madden was so likable because of how much he loved the game and just was nice and everybody appreciated. They, they You know, he'd go up to people. He was approachable. I don't know how approachable just somebody watching or looking at Bill Belichick during a press conference would believe that he is. And I'm sure, yeah, I've heard he's approachable. But just when you look at him, perceptions, reality sometimes, 
I just wonder if Belichick thought about that as he reflected on, on John Madden after his passing. Um, when we get back, we'll wrap up the show. This is WEI Late Night. We're right back to EEI Late Night with Mark Dondero on EEI. All right, back here on WEI Late Night. Celtics dropped another one tonight. 91-82. You know, they, were a little, they were a little icy from three. Weren't falling. Um, yeah, I don't know where you go. But I do think that Moving on from either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum is a mistake because I don't think you're going to be able to get that type of talent back here in Boston. Now, if one of them were to tell you that I'm out when my contract, when this contract is done, I'm out, I'm going out. If they, if you found out that was going to be the case, that's obviously a different scenario. But if they're both committed to being here and winning here and trying to make it work, I, I don't think... I would move on because I don't know if you're going to be able to get that level of talent back. Okay? It's a tough thing. The NBA draft, you're not always presented with a top player. Even if you have the number one overall pick, Anthony Bennett, you know, or guys like that. How good is Cade Cunningham going to be? Might be good. Might be okay. Might suck. Might be good. Might be an all-star. Might not be a superstar, which is ultimately what you need to win. You know, you don't always have to have the top pick. But I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I, I you have two young, super talented guys. They play a very similar position and style, but you have very talented guys. And I think I would try everything and anything to make it work with them. I know, I, I mean... The easy thing to do is to just move players, move pieces, because it isn't working. But I just, I don't think you're going to find that talent elsewhere. And all right, you trade one of them. Let's say you trade Jalen Brown, and you get back a piece, and it's not as good, and Tatum really shines in Brown's absence. But where's your ceiling there? You know, if you have a guy that's just, he comes in, he can be Robin to Tatum's Batman, but he doesn't offer, I, I, doesn't offer as much as Jalen Brown did. Where are you really going in that in that situation? I I don't think you're going to be able to find the the Eastern Conference uh, Finals trophy in that regard. I mean, you can't do it with these guys. You're going to try to bring in a, a talent that approximates Jalen Brown, but the fit might be better. I don't. It's too complicated. It's too hard. It's not going to work. You've tried to bring in other guys that hasn't worked. Not saying stop with that. You've got to continue to try different combinations. But the, the priority has to be figuring it out and finding a solution from within. That's why I've been saying what I've been saying over the past week. It's ridiculous. You can't bring in Kevin Garnett on a 10-day contract. It's stupid. You know, they brought Joe Johnson back, but you can't bring Kevin Garnett back. That's stupid. But what that would represent is doing something to change the dynamic within and to change the the trajectory of this team from within with the guys that are here. Another thing would be to, I don't know, maybe axe the three-pointer. Make people not take threes. Make Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. 
establish a rule. No three-pointers. You've got to shoot only twos and see what happens. I know the Celtics can hit threes. Jason Tatum, great hitting threes. Not tonight. I mean, the Celtics didn't hit threes tonight. But they're good at that. So taking it away seems a little awkward. But I don't know. Maybe that changes the culture. Maybe that changes the dynamic. Maybe that makes you a tougher team. Not a jump shooting team, a tougher team. I don't know. you got to do something to change it up from within. That's what I would try. And we'll have tomorrow night to talk more about it. Because they play the Phoenix Suns on Friday. Good luck. All right. Justin, I appreciate you, man. Thanks. We'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow night. This is WEI Late Night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.